come with me. You'll float too. George. I saw something. A clown. Yeah, I saw him too. You'll float too. What happens when another Georgie goes missing? Or one of us. Are you just gonna pretend it isn't happening like everyone else in this town? If we stick together, we'll win. What's up guys, welcome to episode 102 of the Jumpscare Podcast. Today's date is the 9th of September 2017. I'm your host Beth and with me as always I have Jay. Hello. And Coxie. Hello guys. On today's episode we're going to be discussing the long-awaited horror movie It as well as the new live-action Death Note movie. We'll also be discussing the week in movie news, what we watched and of course answering your questions. Well first up, how is everyone? Hiatus? Yeah, um, what two weeks since we've done episode 101. Uh, Loads on, um, trying to get a few things off the ground and wrap up a few more things um, which will all be updated on my Twitter as and when they're good to go. Um, Yeah. I think we deserve a break after that one hundred and one films. Yeah, well, the thinking was like there wasn't there was only Death Note last week, but I thought yeah. we might as well include that in this since that episode one hundred and one was three hours long, so that's <laughs> two episodes in one really. So maybe people split it up over the course of the two weeks. It was mm-hmm. a pretty long list. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. Pretty, it's like it's been that longer than two weeks since we recorded that though. Mm. Yeah. Do you feel yeah. like a new woman? new woman we're starting already <laughs> yeah thingy Batman the animated series turned 25 last week now I don't know about you guys but that was if not my favourite then at least in the top three animated series when I was a kid and going back uh, a couple of months ago and watching one or two episodes it still holds up it's still pretty strong they don't make it like that anymore do they I used to really love the intro to it you remember the yeah, intro probably more than the episodes the lights coming through the Warner yeah. Brothers side. <laughs> I, I hated Harley Quinn in it though it was too annoying that's the only thing I remember from watching it as a kid was hating Harley Quinn on it. Harley Quinn's first appearance in that as well that was where she was uh, created so was Margaret Rowley better? Or Margot, sorry. Robbie. Robbie <laughs> that was what Robbie I was looking Robbie. at him for. Robbie, Robbie, same thing. Who's Harley Quinn was better? The animated. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched the, the Batman animated series for so long now. I mean, like you say, 25 years old. So I was like five years old when it first came out. They did have some really awful female <laughs> characters. Well, I think it was more the voices. Remember Jubilee? No. In X Men. Oh, I thought you meant in in the the series. Yeah, I remember Jubilee. Yeah, that's the only other one I can think <laughs> of. That was really like. irritating. Um. Yeah, and obviously with uh, a little film called It coming out mm-hmm. this weekend, I uh, wanted to find out a couple of the readers uh, and listeners' favorite Stephen King adaptations. 
So we got um, Kenny Patton at Horror Fan 1979 saying Salem's Lot, who's a, a strong one, I, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, quite iconic. Um, at Amy O the Horror said Creep Show, The Mist, and Children of the Corn. Um, oh, yeah, like Children of the Corn and, and Pet Cemetery. There was no Pet Cemetery. Did anybody there. say Christine? I thought that We've was a pretty strong one. At or Cornius 68 saying I like Thinner mm-hmm. really enjoyed Rose Red even though it's a miniseries thought uh, though worth the mention The Mist as well and at Mamster Lynn said The Dead Zone The Shining and Cinnamon's Lot would be my top three but also honourable mentions go to Cujo Green Mile Shawshank Redemption and Misery so many to pick I mean mm-hmm. was Carrie's a yeah, I mean, Carrie was definitely in, in my top three. Um, the thing, like, people, like, with uh, at Mamster Lynn there, saying Shawshank and mm-hmm. and Green Mile, yeah, like, Green you Mile. kind of forget, like, a lot of the, the non-horror things that he'd done as well. I didn't forget, I just wouldn't rate them in my top. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised nobody mentioned Christine, though. I thought that was pretty strong. What about Maximum Overdrive? See, it's the corny ones Good. that Stephen King actually likes, isn't he? he doesn't he? He hates the shine. Yeah. When he made that other one. To be fair, the shine is just like totally ripping off his story and doing something. Yeah. Totally different, but I mean, the shine has got to be the best movie to come out of it. Unless you're talking Stephen about the Stephen King, one that he made with. No, the, I'm I'm saying the shine. No, I'm talking about less the. If she's saying that she prefers the Stephen King version. Yeah, oh, right, okay. I'm trying to... I'm sorry, I just got distracted by this tweet from a, a cinema. Yeah. Um, an independent cinema that many people around our neck of the woods will know. Saying they've got um, IT issues are still ongoing. And I'm trying to It's think, issues? Yeah, I'm trying to think of a funny tweet to send them. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I think I'll... That clown causing your troubles again. It's all about that clown today. <laughs> so Sorry, are we just sitting here, just, <laughs> just, sitting here just tweeting? We'll just, we'll just have a pause and wait for them yeah. to reply. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no one else has made a nick joke. I just said that clown causing your trouble again. Surely somebody down the line made a nick joke. No, 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 it's just someone asking. You know the humans that go to that cinema, though, they wouldn't find that very <laughs> funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, just, just Peter. Just, because it's saying that they can only accept cash. We'll update ASAP. Oh, they can only accept cash the weekend it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's see if they reply anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Was <laughs> <laughs> uh, that an attempted Pennywise last night? No. It definitely was. <laughs> or you just like warming no, up practicing? That, believe, that was my laugh. <laughs> okay, so we'll be right back with the news. This week's news, Colin Trevorrow departs Star Wars Episode 9, The Joker to receive a standalone film produced by Martin Scorsese, Insidious The Last Key receives a trailer ahead of its January release, Hollywood has its worst summer since 2006, and we lost our legend Toby Hooper. Yeah, oh, Toby, another one. Um... Not many of these legendary horror directors left, no. So we lost Wes Craven, 
George A. Romero. Yeah. I won't say the ones that are left standing for fear um, of Beth's case. I definitely won't say anything. Um, <laughs> but I mean, obviously, Toby, you've been giving us so many great movies as, as a lot of the the, the listeners uh, tweeted in there with Salem's Lot that was of course directed by Toby Hooper yeah um, you know Fun House um, Night Terrors Night Terrors uh, and of course the magnum opus in Texas Chainsaw Massacre which just changed cinema in, in so many different ways not just horror yeah. um, a film that I obviously hold very close um never got the chance to meet toby hooper but managed to meet gunner mm-hmm. a couple of weeks before he passed away and yeah it's just a it's another another void in the genre to kind of i don't know d- d- adds another you know clo- closing closing the book on another chapter sort of that legendary horror period and you look back at the likes of you know Vin- Vincent Price and things like that, and and the the seventies are slowly becoming yeah. that like you know very mu- very much closed in, in that so many of the front runners are now no longer with us. And uh, there is a bit of a horror renaissance at the minute, though, isn't there? There is, but I mean, when when you when you think of you know Carpenter, Craven, Hooper. Mm-hmm what sort of directors are there like that now because a lot of this horror renaissance seems to be based on these independent directors making a great sort of um i hate the term but post-horror debut that adds to you know it's a, it's a great time in general for horror but is there that one sort of consistent director because it seems once they make that film then they get picked up by a major studio to 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 make something else mm-hmm. um you know of course you got like zombie who's constantly doing it well, to varying degrees of success everyone's just hanging on the coattails of james wan every yeah. time they someone seems to do a horror film yeah. they've got to make sure james wan is in a credit somewhere yeah for yeah. it to be yeah, yeah i mean adam that. wingard has had that potential until his, like his recent films you know he's just Absolutely, just like gone declined so much, but you it's know, not a spoiler for your death note verdict. Not saying nothing, <laughs> I do not do spoilers no more. I've been going to therapy, I've going to therapy for it. Um, <laughs> but like, like James Wan, even even James Wan, like he's branching off into like he, Fast and Furious he, now, he's and doing Aquaman. like his own thing, yeah. But I mean, a lot of his horror films now, like the, the legacy that he's leaving behind, is this very prototypical blueprint well that's boring what, well, that's what all the films. others did though all the others all the spin-offs all the sequels to the other ones you still have the great I mean, that's, it's that's, just the way it goes that's true but I mean like I don't think one I, I think like you know Romero obviously the, the second trilogy of the dead wasn't particularly strong certainly not as strong as the first one mm-hmm. And then with Carpenter, you had like Prince of Darkness, The Thing, um, adding to they, that. They live. They live. Mm-hmm. If you want to call it a horror, like adding to that Halloween thing. And then with Craven, you had Last House on the Left and uh, Scream standing yeah. alongside Nightmare yeah, on Elm Street. You're gonna you're gonna get the good directors with the good films, and then you're always gonna because horror is just such an easy genre to pull off, and it's an easiest film to make it's easiest to make a horror film you can do it anyway 
Easier just to them make off. a profit on. Yeah. Exactly. So I don't think anything's going to change as far as that's concerned, but I'm glad that there is a kind yeah. of horror renaissance at yeah, the minute. It's just full of directors now trying to make a quick book, isn't it, really? That, you know, with but it's always been that movies. way, though. It's always been that way. Yeah. I don't think it's ever going to change. I mean, James Wan's, I suppose he's got the first short to stand alongside The Conjuring and let's hope he can kind of get another property that's totally shepherd to the conjuring that's as effective well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm done with James Wan now I want more new ones I just I feel like every one to get some credibility has to yeah. have James Wan somewhere mm. on the production for people to accept it I'd like to see James Wan do another type of horror movie not a haunted house film mm. and not a torture porn like Saw what else do you get <laughs> what else do you get, get? Sl- slasher type thing or something maybe uh. Yeah, let's, but let's get a slasher scary, renaissance. Though. But you're just saying you want a renaissance. <laughs> of slashers. <laughs> easy watch. I don't think... I know, but you just fought against an easy watch. You know, you want James Wan to do another slasher. Uh, I mean, I think um, I think it's it's very obvious what type of horror movies are going to be coming out now that it's a huge success on the box office. You know, we're going to get that... Spielbergian 80s nostalgia horror coming back with a vengeance for sure because you know after after Scream came out you got all the slashes after Saw came out you got all the torch porn after The Conjuring you got all the haunted house and now I think you're going to see like larger productions trying to do that 80s sort of adventure horror yeah. coming coming out now uh, which I'm not opposed to, but... I think Stranger Things spawned that, really, didn't it? Yeah, but mm. I think now that it's tangible at the box office, then it's it's kind of solidified that that, that more of those films will be coming. Well, it did become the highest pre-selling horror film of all time, didn't it? No, it did. We'll go on to that a bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, Colin Trevorrow, chap. We called this a few weeks back, didn't we? We called it a few months back, <laughs> yeah. as soon as Booker Henry came out, which, to be fair, a lot of the people... You know, a lot of a lot of industry people and and just people in general were were saying that the way that the Disney machine works. As soon as that yeah. that happened, that was the the nail in his coffin. Like he, he dug his own grave with that that you know passion project of his that totally bombed. Um, They've put it down to creative issues between him and Lucas. Which no, I think it was Catherine Kennedy, wasn't it? The, Lucas has got nothing to do with it. Uh, this, I read something where it's, it's, it's all boils down to creative issues, but I think film fans know that it's not. It's It was to do with the book of Henry absolutely bombing. We yeah. did we did say on a podcast, I can't remember what podcast it was or episode, but we did say <laughs> that he would step down. I was been impressed if you had quoted the podcast episode then. <laughs> no, no, I <laughs> um, Well, an industry insider spoke to Vulture.com saying... Mm-hmm. Um, Unquote. During the making of Jurassic World, he focused a great deal of his creative energies on asserting his opinion. The executive explains, but he had been personally hired by Spielberg and nobody could say, you're fired. Once that film went through the roof and made $1.6 he chose to do Henry. Trevorrow was unbearable. He had an egotistical point of view and he was always asserting that. So sounds like a real handful to work with, doesn't he? Mm. Um, reportedly, Trevor's relationship with Lucasfilm um, became unmanageable over the course of repeated stabs at multiple drafts of the script. Who is this person who got? Who is this source though? 
uh, could this not be unnamed? Yeah, it's probably the person who wrote one, like wrote one of the scripts. Um, when the reviews of the of uh, sorry, when the reviews for Book of Henry came out, there was immediately conjecture that Kathy was going to dump him because they weren't thrilled with working with him anyway. He's a difficult guy. He's really, really, really confident. Let's call it that. Mm, interesting. Mm-hmm. So basically, nobody's going to want to work with this guy. Well, I think he's going to need to get get lucky and get his way back to uh, the billion dollar club yeah. if he wants to work on a film as, as large as, as Star Wars again. Well, apparently, um, Rian Johnson, who's directing the next next episode, uh, the last the last Jedi, yeah. is um, first in line apparently to direct the next episode. But you know, like like you say, don't you know? Disney will probably have a short list of directors now. Probably be announced within what two to three weeks, maybe. Yeah, I, I should imagine it'd be wrapped up before episode eight came out. Yeah. I mean, use your pick. Um, I, well, I don't know what Last Jedi is going to be like. Probably on Johnson, but apparently he's done a pretty good job with it. So why not just give it to him or go back to J.J. Abrams? What about Patty Jenkins? He done Wonder Woman. I think is she tied down to Wonder Woman too? Uh, I don't think she isn't signed the Disney, contract yet. Isn't Disney with Marvel? Yeah. Well, she's DC. Yeah, but I mean, um, thingy, guy who done Avengers one, Buffy, Josh Whedon Josh came Whedon. on board to do Justice League. Yeah, true. Yeah. So, so I mean, happen. if they think they're going to make money off it, you know, Patty Jenkins, and then you've got Ray in the the center of the would, new would Star trust Wars. A woman with Star Wars. Well, I think one that would probably look good for Disney to do, especially. You know, trying to destroy DC. Um, two, I think, with Ray being the central character to the new Star Wars, it, they might have a bit on. You know, they might they might see something in that. And yeah, uh, she, she Patty Jenkins made a lot of money with Wonder Woman, mm. so I think it, it could be a possibility. Be interesting to see the shortlist when it gets released. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are citing Spielberg, saying like he kind of needs a Star Wars movie to complete his yeah. you know his, his legend but um, with Lucas being such a good friend of his he's no come out there's in it yeah good point <laughs> he's, he's, co- he's come out multiple times and said you know that's, that's Lucas's thing so he'll be making money off Star Wars still anyway yeah. with all that merch yeah no problem uh, but yeah, yeah so the Joker to receive a standalone film Produced by Martin Scorsese. Yeah. This came out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. Certainly did. Um, there was absolutely no rumours or nothing for like in pre- the previous no. weeks and nothing about it. It's just a. Uh, Scorsese's going a bit um, daring in his old age, isn't he? Do you think? Yeah. Do you think so? He's gone daring, out of his comfort zone because he didn't like doing Wolf of Wall Street at all, did he? Mm. That was a safe bet for him as well. I think, the thing well, that it was Goodfellas with exactly. on Wall Street. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 the thing that's a uh, thing for me is the guy who directed the three Hangover films, Todd some, Phillips. Todd Phillips is uh, he's signed on to direct old school, yeah. He's t- signed on to direct it, and uh, apparently from what I've read, it's going to be it's got it's going to be a really dark origin story. Allegedly, so I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Like the, this Scorsese story, I mean, we're getting to it a bit late. Far as back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a joke. <laughs> Could you see another one of them? <laughs> I, I mean, Sorry. I 
mean, the Scorsese thing seems to have kind of drifted away by now. Mm-hmm. Um, it was all about DiCaprio the other week, wasn't it? Oh Being God, linked yeah. to play the Joker and all these like fan art pieces were getting released. Yeah, around. I've seen some of them, but dreadful. How how Leo will look as the Joker. And then you know, you know, like people saying, "Oh no, he's only being linked to place like the mob villain who the Joker goes up against." So I don't know, but DiCaprio was always <laughs> going to be linked to this with Scorsese being involved. I mean, I'd take Scorsese to direct. Yeah, definitely. I um, think he is seeing. He does see DiCaprio as his Leota now, doesn't yeah, he? 100%, yeah, hundred percent. But slowly, he is starting to bit of look a bit like Jack Nicholson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> especially with he's that goatee. Yeah, starting to muff. He's like, I've never had one of those. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how I feel about it. To be honest, I mean, Jad Leto's come out and spoke about it as well. Jad Leto's like, he's acting stupid. I think he's like, I'm all confused. I don't know what's happening. Can we? Can we? Can we? <laughs> I know this like wasn't on on to talk about today, but can we just take a minute to to talk about Jared Leto blinding himself to play this guy in Blade Runner? Oh yeah, really? <laughs> yeah, it's like some some guy like I seen on a forum, some guy commenting like he's trying to be um, a meta doctor. He's, well, he's trying to be Daniel Day Lewis, but he's just coming off as Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder. <laughs> it's like, and then like another one, like if he was a true meta doctor, he would have gouged his eyes. I was like, <laughs> like that. That's getting to like spinal tap levels of stupid. Like, don't be that guy. Like you know people having to lead them around set it's like you're not that good to back it up mate I, mean, like, I don't think he is like that because he comes across like quite nice and sound I think this is his publicist trying to make him out to be this person I, I don't think he's like that I just hope I, I just hope Blade Runner don't cut half the scenes like Suicide Squad don't have a mental, <laughs> mental breakdown it's, you know like there's, there's a point where it's like come on like just put a blindfold on or something like don't be f- <laughs> me. imagine if someone just explained that to him and you're like oh yeah through <laughs> <laughs> acid in his eyes but yeah anyway Scorsese Joker Todd Phillips yeah I, I, I honestly don't know I'd like, to, I'd like to see you know an outline of what the story's going to be and you know see who actually gets cast as, cast as the Joker and stuff but I'm not I'm, I'm not really jumping about for this one to be honest are you, yeah. you going to read the tweets Joe? Uh, I am going to read the tweets yes we're going to read my tweet uh, well we've got a, a listener question about your tweets really so, well like people asking who we think should play the Joker so I was going to wait for that oh for you to say oh, okay okay I'm just really excited about my tweets <laughs> so um yeah, we do have a couple of, uh, you know, people responding to this news um, on on who, who they think should play uh, the Joker. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got at Dashing Digress. <laughs> uh, let's go alternative timeline and see the Martha Wayne Joker, Charlize Theron. Oh, no. Um, at AQ... Um, said a no name with Mark Hamill doing the voiceover. Strange. Interesting. Mm-hmm. What? So like just a, a guy that no one knows, and then oh. just Mark Hamill doing the voice. At underscore Matty seven two three. Jake Gyllenhaal. 
for all his flaws. Is that your other Twitter account? <laughs> he could play it after watching Nightcrawler. I totally agree with you, Matty723. Um, and at 1i2c, said William Shatner. Are people just saying names? Like, what the hell? <laughs> we had we had people tweeting us um, politicians in the White House, but I won't go down on Leave that one. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah. Well, we've got our own, but we've got like you say, we've got a listener question. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, we still haven't finished with the news, so uh, no, yeah. we still have to talk about things. Um, the Insidious, the last key trailer. The Insidious. Well, I was going to say the Insidious trailer. Now you made me feel self-conscious. <laughs> um, yes, the last key did get a <laughs> what trailer. Did we, what did we think? Uh, Coxie, you're the Insidious super fan here. Yeah, well, I, I wasn't a massive fan of the third instalment. <laughs> I have been I've been crying out for like you know a, Cats deep, playing a deeper look into the feather and stuff like that. And, but why but don't you I, don't show the shark? I just that this trailer he just looks so naff. It doesn't look it doesn't look interesting. It they bring it's like getting all these new like uh, demons and monsters and girls. Why not just stick to the one that scared people in the first place and go with lipstick face? We had um, a lot of t- people tweeting us about this, so I can't read yeah. them all out. But um, at weekend, got said, "Yas, bitches." <laughs> um, I'd like to know who designed. Like I love what you say. You just did. <laughs> I'd like to know who designed um, the poster for this as well, because it's just absolutely ripped off. Don't knock twice. Uh, well, I pointed out don't knock twice. Um, at movie coroner pointed out house. How house as well? Yeah. Um, at Dr. Gonzo with five O's here we go said uh, I wasn't a fan <laughs> I wasn't a fan I wasn't a fan this it guy was, can't it write. was raining when I was typing <laughs> I wasn't a fan of the third <laughs> and this don't look any better for me I was crying out for a deeper look in the further but I'm regretting it yep. thanks at Dr. Gonzo thanks very much <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to type when it rains anymore. It gets all over my screen, my fingers slip. That's a rain effect, your grammar. At <laughs> um, CRMC George said, uh, Insidious last key trailer didn't really grab me, but it's a new Insidious show, I'm still hyped. At mm. uh, two eyes, one screen said, Insidious the last key looks terrifying and dark. Really? Uh, at HHN Hub, uh, Halloween Horror Nights, I think that is, uh, said Insidious: The Last Key looks uh, a very different Insidious film. Could be a really, could be really good or a little too different. We shall see. Uh, at Frank Bautista, uh, I don't care how rubbish Insidious Three was. Damn, I'm excited for Insidious: The Last Key. Uh, at Kel Tony Kaufman said Welp Insidious Last Key looks terrifying very excited worried for what's in store for Spencer Locke's character Uh, and at Alexis Ferrero said OMG yes I remember my tweet was just meh Mm. I just think (laughs) I just think it's going to be a a load of cheap 
jump scares and stuff like that. I'm happy that Lynn Shea's getting more screen time to do like Lynn Shea, but it, it's just, I, I mean, I know you didn't like Insidious Chapter 2, but I did. But for me, Insidious 3, I think, didn't Lee Wan, that's when Lee Wannell took over, didn't he? And he's directed. Didn't he's, mind Insidious 3. I liked Insidious 3. But I, I, don't, I don't know, I just think it's going to be really, I just think it's going to be a load of cheap jump scares, not that we haven't seen before, but I am happy that Lynn Shea is getting more screen time. He's trying to make us scare the keys. I, I mm. think it's just going to be like all the others, except for the second one, which really good, which the second one wasn't good at all, um, which really good in the first hour. Not even mm. first hour, the first 37 minutes. It's very accurate. Precise. Precise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There'll probably be another trailer released in two two weeks or something because it's when it's January. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the Halloween the, the, the pu- trailer. The, yeah, they'll push more trailers soon. Okay. Okay. Um, Hollywood has its worst summer since 2006. What's this about? Uh, it's just the fans taking a stand. Yeah, I mean, like the, these kind of stories come out every couple of weeks. Don't it's like the... I remember that cold summer of rubbish films in two thousand and six. <laughs> yeah, it's like nineteen ninety eight all over again. It's like there's some producers in Hollywood just going, "Oh, don't remind me." <laughs> or um, yeah, yeah, they, they, they could only get five hundred dollar bottles of champagne instead of six hundred and fifty dollars. Um, I don't know. Like these stories seem to come out every couple of weeks. It's kind of like, I feel like a Netflix executive is at the heart of every one of these stories pushing the yeah. agenda of dead cinema. Um, but then you get, on the other hand, you get every other week there's a new film breaking some box office record. Yeah. So um, it's just one of those things. I mean, maybe it is the worst summer since 2006. Is it coincidence that it's probably the worst summer since 2006 for movies? No. So I don't think it's cinema dying as we keep getting told and as we keep responding against. Um, it's just not been a very good summer for movies. And as you said, people are voting with the, the with the wallets. A lot of the focus is going on these how many superhero films are coming out each year. Mm. I think a lot of people... Oh, I wouldn't drink that. No, <laughs> was, that was <laughs> I put apple cider vinegar in it. Huh. Yeah, I went to spit all over the mic. <laughs> I, think, I think it is fans just saying a stand because they're fed up of just getting Transformers sequels and Pirates of the Caribbean sequels. And just bad films. Yeah. So, so you know, obviously people aren't going to pay to see trash, are they? Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, so up next we've got your questions. Welcome back. So let's get into your questions. Peter has written in. Much has been made about this summer's box office taking a heavy hit profit-wise compared to recent summers. While this may look bad on the service for cinema, I'm convinced it will make studios sit up and take notice. Movies such as Transformers can no longer be lazily released and turn a ginormous profit, which will surely mean an upturn in original movies. With that being said, having seen Jay's thoughts on Twitter, I'd like to know what Beth and Coxie's most hated summer movies was. And in the interest of being positive, <laughs> what the best was too. The movie's release date must be between 5th of May and 4th of September. Keep up the great content. Peter. 
thanks Peter mm, yeah mm. so um, waste and then then best what, what would you do to make it a positive no what the best was yeah, yeah sorry where's the best, the best uh, for me it was Pirates of the Caribbean was the worst for me it was just literally I don't it was just another sequel I didn't think it we needed um, and it didn't help with the shoddy performances in this film you know you, you know they replaced so well they said they replaced uh, Keira Knightley with Kaya Scoladaro didn't work for me That the, the, I can't remember the British guy's name for his performance it was just you know no, probably on par with how Orlando Bloom and all the films and you, I don't know how how the cinem- cinematic universe are not getting bored and cannot see that Johnny Depp does not give a good performance in these films and it's, they're just like they're just giving the, putting them out there now because the fans are still going to go out there and let them make a billion dollars so they're just going to keep making them but the films are getting worse and worse and worse and it's just such a drag watching them to be fair I think the Pirates I mean, it obviously still turned a profit, yeah. but I don't think it reached a billion like yeah, all the no. others. So, mm. you know, it does go in in terms of, of yeah. what we were saying before, people now voting with the wallets, which is nice because maybe people, as Peter has pointed out, that maybe people will start taking notice now. Maybe that will be the end of the franchise. Yeah, then, you know. so. Um. So what was your best? I mean, well, it's a toss-up between three, really. I mean, you know, Dunkirk... War, 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 the Plan, War for the Planets of the Apes, and Spider Man Homecoming. Cinema in a, in a cinematic view, I probably you have to go with Dunkirk all day long. But I can't, I can't forget how much I enjoyed watching Spider Man Homecoming. It was the best Spider Man film for me. But I, the yeah, just because for cinematic experience and the IMAX, it's got to go with Dunkirk. Go with Dunkirk. It was absolutely, it was a masterpiece. So mm-hmm. Dunkirk. Um, my well, oh God, there's been a few, wasn't it? Of uh. Do you know what I want to say? A cure for wellness. That was fabulous. So I can't say a cure for wellness, but it's got to be Transformers. Mm -hmm. It was, oh, it was abysmal. It was just a headache that went on and on and on, and it didn't. It did. I can't even remember the ending. It was just absolutely ridiculous. It wasn't fun. It wasn't an easy watch because it was so bad because you couldn't possibly follow it. It was Mm -hmm. just terrible. Um, the best um, see I liked Homecoming but I gave it a second watch in the cinema and I didn't like it you as didn't much like it as no much, yeah. um, mm, it's a toss up between Dunkirk and possibly another film that we may review today Ooh, yeah, right, <laughs> uh, that's not between September 4th though mm-hmm. if it's oh, the September one I'm thinking of are we in autumn now okay um, Dunkirk then yeah um, and yeah, I mean, I know on uh, my Twitter I put out Baywatch mm. as the official worst film of the summer. But um, after going back and watching Transformers the last night, uh, genuinely one of the worst films I've ever seen in my entire life, and I've got to give it to that by a country mile. Mm-hmm. Uh, so apologies to uh, to Dwayne, Zach, and Co. Um, that's just genuinely one of the top five worst movies I've, I've ever had to endure it was painful from start mm. to finish and it just went on and on and on and like just I didn't like one so single one point, thing it was like, about it what are we staying here for like yeah. why what are we waiting for what are we waiting for <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, like it was like that it was like I don't know what's going on now I don't yeah. know what what I'm wait what the 
what the climax to this is because I know there's going to be another Transformers film. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, in terms of best, uh, I mean, a film that's very much stayed with me is uh, a Ghost Story. But yeah. although that was released between those dates, you know, uh, if you if you want to look at it in terms of those dates as well as like a quote unquote summer movie, then my pick would be Dunkirk as well. Um, I did really like a ghost um, story. Yeah, on on a technical level, you know, it was released between those, so it's still technically a summer movie. It it would run Dunkirk very very close. Um, I've only seen a ghost story once, and I've seen Dunkirk twice, so I'd go back before stating that. But for sure, those two will be mm. most likely in my top five of the year. Um, in saying that we get a lot of Oscar movies towards the end of the year so I'll have to see mm-hmm. okay so thanks for that Peter Dan has reached out what changes would you make to a film that flopped in order to make it a success oh I need to think of some floppers mm, that's a a good good question mm. yeah um, I mean I haven't uh, actually no. got round to seeing um, Valerian yet but I mean in order to make that a success I'd probably just change the lead actor and actress and I think that would yeah. have been a success cure for wellness half the screen time get rid of the Phantom of the Opera ending get rid of the Phantom of the Opera but keep Jason Isaacs get rid of the girl <laughs> replace her with some because there's no need no actually she was okay being a bit mean uh, Mia Goth I, Mia Goth I think she's a pretty strong actress she no was, but I think she acts like that in everything yeah she was pretty like she I think she's like much, that in real life she's pretty, <laughs> much, she's pretty much the same in Infomaniac too but if you don't know what she's she's, married, she's engaged to Shia LaBeouf yeah you know what, what you'd expect actually yeah get rid of the lead guy in it who was in Valerian Dane and put, put Shia LaBeouf in it yeah <laughs> <laughs> I don't see how that's going to be any better Um <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a difficult one. I mean, like I said, I, I was thinking about Valerian because I've been, I haven't actually seen the film yet, but I've read reviews. But apparently now I've seen like fan reviews on like Twitter and it's becoming that film mm. that's cool to it's cool to like now and stuff like that. But you know, um, I've seen like clips of it now and you know what, what's what's her name? Cara Delevingne. Yeah. She, the, the girl cannot act, can she? No. I, if, Not from what I've seen. Let's go with Suicide. I'd go Suicide Squad. I'd, I'd recast most of them. And I'd, 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 that I'd wasn't make, a flop. Wasn't it not a flop? No. Well, it was, it was a lot of money. It a lot of money, did he? Critically um, sneered at. That's actually a good question, which we could actually do a bonus podcast on, you know, go away and actually think about it and come back with... You've had time to think about this. Last Action Hero... Uh, I'd delay its release for another three years because it was ahead of its time and it was a great film and it was so much fun mm. it had a great cast it had a great director and it had a great concept Last Action Hero just delay it a couple of years mm-hmm. I'll have to I'll have to have, have a good think about this one yeah I did think of another yeah. one then but I forgot well let's go I, I, I think the Valerian you know recast it but I think we'd have to go and see Valerian wouldn't we and see yeah there's a couple of films yeah. that they want to catch up on uh, oh, yeah that was it 
The Great Wall, but then I thought, no, never change. The Great Wall. The Great <laughs> it was Wall's wonderful. one of the greatest films of our time. <laughs> I never want it to change. I feel like it just need it's a staple in our world now. I had so it's much fun watching that film. Do you not change anything about it? <laughs> You're fine. It's the rest of the world that's wrong. Okay, thanks for that, Dan. Good question. Um, Sarah has asked, what was your most traumatic cinematic experience as a child? Oh, I've got a couple, you know. Uh, my child, uh, my the, ch- the my witch and sleep in Snow White. Really? Uh, yeah. I never had you down. I was scared of the witch and Snow White kind of guy. I think that might have been my changing point. Was it? Because it must have been about four. Snow White in the cinema then? Well... You must have been a bit... Of- it wasn't a cinematic experience because, you know, I'm oh. not mm-hmm. 80 years of age when Snow White came out. But, like, I just, you know, watching it at home, like, the witch, like, freaked me out. Um, and then I just started watching Dream Warriors and stuff because mm. I was emotionally scarred anyway. Mine was actually a witch, you know. My grand took me to see uh, Roald Dahl's of the Witches and when Angelica Houston takes, like, a fake face off. And the, yeah. that was that film was, like, a, a U, Universal. Yeah. So, for, like, when the witch turned around, she was genuinely terrifying. She had, like, this long, like, beak-like nose and, mm. like, her skin was, like, all burnt and scarred. And I was, I think I was only about four or five at the time when I went to watch it. It was genuinely terrifying. Like, as a kid, I mean, like... I, 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 I didn't I, say mine. I know, I know what... I can imagine what people our age would say, but I can't actually remember that. So, no. go on, and I'll tell you. I remember mine. Um, me and my mum went to go and see Babe. And <laughs> the pair of us, I swear to... Because it was between Babe and the Swan Princess. And I was like, no, I want to go and see Babe! <laughs> We went in, oh my god, the pair of us came out bawling, our eyes out crying. Oh, I, I swear mom. to god, we were like, because my mum was obviously trying to keep it together because I was just a kid. So she was like, all right, come on, let's go and watch the Swan Princess. And then we watched the Swan Princess, and it. it that's a heavy <laughs> show No, I just remember being a kid because it was no. so it was so late as well because we went at night it was, it just took me for like a little treat and then we must have got a little up, treat we must have got out the cinema for 11 o'clock or something and we were starving and it's it's got a semi sad ending in the Swan Princess yeah. so we're a bit snivelly after that but we were both so traumatised from Babe at least I got a Mackie's after it. Yeah, happy there was on the another home. one where I threw up watching Casper and was crying. Why? Um, because, right, by it was the cinema during on Edge Lane and yeah. they had this um, ice cream truck outside it. So um, they sold these Casper lolly ices that, I get this, them. the glue oh in the God. dark. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. The yeah. glue in the dark. Yeah. So the, dad brought it and I was sat there in the, in the front row. I remember it so perfectly. And I was sitting there holding this, God knows what was in it, lolly ice glowing in the dark. And I just, I, I just like, because it was melting, so I ate it dead quick. And like the beginning, it just started going all funny and swirly, and I throw up every inch. You know, when you're a kid and you throw up, and you think that that's it, you, you're just dying. I was screaming, I was crying. And when I used to make myself sick, I used to kick and bite and stuff, like if anyone tried to touch me. So uh, that was quite bad. I was terrible for doing that, you know. I used to like really be sick. And is, is no one going for uh, Mufasa? I was expecting me faster from. No, there. I went to see that my sixth birthday. I remember. Yeah. That was fine. I remember, like, I, I can't really remember ever being oh, like. Oh, Fox and the Hound. The beginning of that. That was another crying moment for me. 
I never really remember being like truly scared yeah. in the cinema. I remember going to see Signs when I was twelve, and like that freaked me out. Oh, the the, there was Phoenix was watching her on yeah, the yeah, 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 and on the roof on as well. Roof. And I think that's why shadow like figures creep me out now because of watching that when I was like yeah. twelve in the cinema. That sent me a bit west. The there was an incident when I went with my friend and her mom. We were only kids, and she had this little brother. We went to go and see Matilda, and the little brother was screaming. Do you know what the trunchbull? And he had to be walked out. Oh my god, those kids was proper like a PTSD about it because we used to start skitting him. He must have been about four. Like ah ah. Poor kid. <laughs> okay. Um, thanks for that, Sarah. Thanks for bringing it up. Okay. Um, who's asked this? Jamie. 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 Um, Jamie said, obvious one, who should play the Joker? Well, I know my choice. Oh, I know my choice. <laughs> we, um, we Why are you being like that? Because you were being like that. I wasn't being like that. Stop giving me back chat. We all tweeted into the, the, the Twitter account about this, didn't we? Uh, I went with Will Poulter. Um, you know, over his last couple of films, he seems to be getting a little bit ahead of steam. You know, coming into a bit of form and stuff, and showing versa- versatility and stuff like that. So you know, why not? Why not? He was. I mean, he was in line to play it when Kai Fukunaga was attached to direct and stuff. But um, he's got the look. You know, you know, he might be able to. Yeah, he does. He might be able to mold himself into the role, and you know, I think he's a strong enough actor. What about Paul Dano? Who's that? Paul Dano is cool. Guy who played the weird though in uh, Prisoners. Yeah, he's in. He's in the uh, Swiss Army Man as well with Daniel Rad- Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. Um, another pick I had. Um, from a film I haven't even seen, so I'm going off YouTube here for this one. Mm-hmm. Um, the. Uh, was it Mark Duplass who played the weirdo in Creep? Creep? He's actually just come. Mm. Did, you, did you see that Creep 2 is coming out in October? No, really. A sequel to that one? Yeah. How are they going to do that? I don't know. Mark Duplass is in it, though. So, oh, he is brilliant, and so, he would be quite creepy. Mark Duplass. Yeah, he's got this. Yeah, he's got this aura about him. You know, yeah. when he's on screen, he's real. Like he really his eyes, is. his eyes. He's like one of those. You need to watch that, Jay. Well, that, I've just, I've just cast. Uh, an A-list film leading iconic role from a film I haven't even seen before that's a gift did anybody I'm guessing somebody's come on and said Willem Dafoe as well. yeah that's, been that's, that's who he's going yeah. around my choice was Casey Affleck mm. I think it would be he'd be perfect for it plus then I know this won't happen, but I'd love to see Ben and Casey kind of fighting it out on screen. Yeah. I think he does creepy really well. I don't think uh, they're going to... Why have... does he do creepy well? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Casey Affleck, yeah, I mean... He's got that he's kind got of... the build, hasn't he? I think he'd be like a... Associate the Joker with. Like a... Um, underacting Joker as opposed to overacting Joker. So he talks very softly. <laughs> I yeah, think he'd be really uh, Boston. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, get the chicken out the freezer. Yeah. I don't know how long it's going to be before actually it's announced who's going to be playing him, but I guarantee it. You now between now and then, you know, Joan Hill's probably name's going to be thrown in a hat and all sorts. And yeah. Oh, we'd be, be awful. <laughs> hey, you Batman? Whoa, Batman? Oh, is that your cape? <laughs> I like capes. 
that was my journey. I, I'll, I'll stick with my original choice and I'm going to stick with Will Poulter. Mark Duplass. Casey Affleck. Why did we do that like that? Like <laughs> a 90s. That was so Like weird. a 90s quiz show. Felt like we were going to put our hands in the middle like <laughs> the power of Affleck. <laughs> they might shock the world and give it to an unknown. You never know. We did look like the that, Losers Club when that, we walked out of that cinema <laughs> before, by the way. That, that would shock the world. That would shock the world. It shock the world. Okay, so we'll be right back with our main review. Okay, on to our main review now. This week, it is It. Yeah, so uh, Stephen King's It... Now, for the first time, a major, major motion picture. Uh, of course, started out life as a book before the famed Tim Curry miniseries. And after many production stops and starts, most famously and most recently with True Detectives, Carrie Fukunaga leaving the production, uh, we now have the Andres Muschietti, who uh, directed Mama version, hitting the screens. Uh, after breaking YouTube records... And as Coxie said before, pre-sale records. Uh, most recently, it was at seventy million dollars for its opening weekend, uh, the biggest of any horror movie ever. Um, now, of course, that is down to the nostalgia element and the misconception of clowns uh, being scary, yeah. uh, <laughs> um, and in particular, it itself being a terrifying movie instead of an average and dated miniseries. Uh, however, the marketing and drive behind this film has been quite staggering. Um, with that being said, here's a clip featuring Bill Skarsgård as the new Pennywise, the Dancing Clown. So it starring Bill Skarsgård, Phil Wolfhart of Strange Things fame and other very, very talented child actors opens with the infamous sewer sequence with Pennywise Lauren Georgie to his, in, in particular this version, very graphic uh, death, which is much closer to the book itself. Uh, it's set in 80s middle America in the town of Derry, Maine, as it is a Stephen King film. And we have a group of kids who self-appoint themselves the Losers Club, who investigate uh, the reason why tragedy uh, hits the town every 27 years. Uh, out of all these kids, they're all haunted by their own nightmarish visions and versions of Pennywise, uh, which is quite close to uh, in the way which the original Nightmare on Elm Street 
um, all comes to fruition uh, when they all realise they're being tormented by the same entity um, from there the kids then attempt to hunt the creature down and stop it for good uh, the writing here is and the performance actually all very reminiscent of Stand By Me which itself was of course based on the Stephen King book uh, The Body and ironically much the same way in which Stranger Things was riffing off movies like It the 2017 It is also cine-literate and kind of does what Stranger Things did itself um, it's got you know the Gremlins posters Nightmare on Elm Street 5 uh, movies which also draw on the same elements of it you know sins of the father etc um, now the thing is is the film scary the answer is no um, but it is a very strong film in the same way that Stranger Things is strong Stand By Me is strong The Goonies and all those other 80s Spielberg and properties are um However, there's no doubt that we're going to be seeing uh, an It Part 2 greenlit probably within the next few days. There's been a guy uh, that as a writer has already working on a screenplay, you know. But it's it's finally nice to have a horror film which has lived up to the hype around it, you know. We had all the hype around Annabelle Creation and that certainly did live up to the hype. But um, uh, it's I think that the film is certainly stronger than the miniseries. Obviously, you know everyone's still got a soft spot for Tim Curry, but you know Bill Skarsgård does do do this role justice. Um, I think it's very. I think the, the group of child actors they've got together. It was a great idea by Andy Muschietti to get them together a month before they were actually filming because you know they had this strong togetherness which showed on screen. I think it was particularly Finn Wolfhard who made this group tick. You know, he, he was like a Corey Feldman in Stand by Me. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. He made this group tick, and, it, and I think a lot of them actually bounced off him. Although Ben Hanscom in, in earlier on when he was like being tormented by the bullies and stuff, you know, he I thought he was really strong on screen and stuff. But uh, Beverly Marsh as well. She, I mean, Mike Han- Mike Hanlon. Yeah, he, he he had like a big part in the mini series. He didn't seem to have so much a bigger role in this one, did he? Maybe he's going to come into it more because he's the one who actually does remain in Derry while the others do leave. He's the one who gets them all back in part two, but like his role wasn't as big in this one. But um, you know, the the group of child actors done a great job. The only problem I did have with there was the CGI. I thought it was really CGI heavy. I mean, there was certain parts of it that didn't need CGI, you know, with, with like like Pennywise hiding in the shadows in the sewers and stuff. It did, didn't really need it, but, you know, what practical effects were used in the film before Bill Skarsgård was absolutely spot on. You know, he did say in an interview that he was going to be childlike, and he did that, and it worked with the characters. I think him actually performing more childlike would have helped the child actors, you know, get the best out of them as well. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like I say, it's just nice to have a horror film that lived up to the hype. I think some people would find this scary. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd even forgive the CGI Asian of the film because <laughs> um, I thought a lot of the, the scary parts were quite like they reminded me of the dreams that you'd have as a kid, like the nightmares you'd have, mm-hmm. especially with the this creepy thing he kept doing to him and they were like like coming up to you in your face yeah yeah I, I thought I thought it was really well executed I wasn't yeah it was a bit I, I, well I don't know I, re, I I enjoyed all of it I didn't I wasn't at one point I said I'm bored now where's the clown but that was just me being impatient 
I think it's because Andy Muschietti did say that he? he wanted to focus a lot more on the losers club and how they unite and stuff in part one. I think it's going to be more it's going to be more influenced heavily by Pennywise in part two because he wants to go deeper into where Pennywise comes from and stuff. But you know, I th- I, th- I did like I thought it was I thought it was great. You know, it was like half an hour in between like the sewer the sewer scene and seeing Pennywise next. Andy Muschietti made you wait and you want you never took your eyes off the screen in no. case like like there's glimpses of Pennywise in the background or something. But I thought it was nice the way he made you wait for like the first proper scene where you see him actually attack the losers club. I thought it was good that he made you wait that long because it's building the suspense. Andy Muschietti is actually really good at doing that. Even though I'm not a fan of Mama the suspense he does create in that film and he does create it in it is second to none. I don't really think there is much suspense in this though. I think mm-hmm. it's pretty consistent to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um I think what more got me is that I wasn't expecting so much child savagery in it. Yeah. <laughs> These kids get mauled all the way through it and the bullies oh wow. Dedicated eighties bullies. <laughs> We have been missing the dedicated 80s bullies. Oh, my God. It was pretty ruthless, and I d- it did not stop. I didn't think there was much suspense in there. Um, I thought, like, I de- de- like, I'm definitely in between both of you when it comes to the CG. Um, I appreciate what Beth's saying there about the, 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 the almost nightmarish movement of it. It's, like, cartoony. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, which definitely is something that you could see that he was he would say he was going for I think it's just the quality of the CG kind of took me out of the film um, and I think a lot of it could have still been done practically um, which would have worked better um, about maybe a quarter of the way through this quite a lengthy film um, over two hours for a horror at least it's lengthy um not nothing Pennywise was doing um was effective for me. Um, I think he becomes stronger and more intimidating as the film goes on. Yeah. Contrary to what other reviewers have said, I believe the scares. Well, not even the scares, just how effective he is as uh, an entity that interests me, and that doesn't take me out of the film. I think I warmed to him. Um, there were scenes near the beginning um, with the new kid in the library in particular that yeah. I was just like, it just wasn't quite clicking for that me. That actually freaked me out a bit. Really? Yeah. Because like, um, that was the kind of dreams I used to have. Yeah. When the, just, do you know, it was a lot of like the chase scenes. Yeah. It was like a helpless chase yeah. scene. Like, I don't know what's going to happen to this kid. Yeah. Like, you're running and... D- you, you are trying to run and you can't get it you're not there's no there was one stupid point where someone fell down but I, I genuinely did feel like oh my god yeah um, I think like the shapeshifting element of Pennywise was done thousand times better than the miniseries mm-hmm. um, the scenes in particular with um, with uh, Bev is it? yeah Bev with Bev um and the scene on in, in the house mm-hmm. um the the scene with Bev in the bathroom and the scene with um, Eddie in, in 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 the house was um really really strong um and and they were probably the two quote unquote 
scariest scenes mm-hmm. but at no point did I feel on the edge of my seat I was just thoroughly enjoying it it's like a throwback 80s adventure film yeah. um, with this you know character that the kids have got at the feet as I mentioned before Spielberg a lot of Stand By Me I agree Finn Wolfhard made a tick he was definitely the Corey Feldman of the group mm-hmm. Um the bullies were intimidating as hell. Um, they were horrible. As, as they were like they are crotty the kids, like yeah. bullies. <laughs> um, and I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the film. I, I'd be hesitant to even put this into like a horror film. Obviously, it's got the horror genre in there, yeah. but as a horror film, I wouldn't say that. I think it's it's definitely if it is, it's one of those gateway horrors like. The way like Gremlins is edgy. Oh, I don't yeah. know. Um, I don't know. The it, whole... it, I'd say it, it is a horror film. Uh, yeah, I think I think it's definitely the type of film that I'd be scared to go and watch if I was fifteen. Mm-hmm. But I think like people who are appreciative of the genre will love it for what it is. But I don't think they'll ever feel intimidated by the film at any point. No, but I think it, it has always been considered a horror. The passive audience who loved it mm. for all its flaws will still see it as a horror i think it is definitely horror i think i think because there were so many nice moments in there it does mm-hmm. kind of overshadow the horror elements in it yeah i think for, for a horror film i was impressed by its scope mm-hmm. um and its production value yeah. well I, I i even said while we watch it when i don't feel like i'm watching a film i feel like this may have been put maybe as planned as a binge watching series yeah I did feel that way. I don't know if you did. It was even like the I think it's very very slow stock on the film as well. It it didn't look to me like a film. It did, rate. yeah. It the stock. I think it's a a sum of its parts film. Like because obviously this is half of a book. Mm. It kind of felt like it was half of a book. Um, I think. You know, there was a point where you mentioned in the third act that it was kind of feeling a bit like Harry Potter. Yeah. Um, I feel like, like there's a solving. lot more to, to go into. And I was really appreciative of the amount of time I spent with the characters to know mm. each character really yeah. took its time, but it never it never felt slow at any point. It felt really nicely paced. Um, I am worried about part two just because no I don't one think... No like the original part two, did they? Well, there was that and the fact that I'm, I'm very kind of stuck for horror films that work when it's 40 year olds getting terrorised it, it might not be like I say Andy Michel, he might he said he is going to be casting the young characters as adults and stuff like that but the focus won't be entirely on them it is going to be the focus is going to be shifted more towards Pennywise so maybe you've seen it from his point of view which is a worry in itself. Yeah. it's a bit sad because the, the, the kids in this way they had such a good dynamic and I think that's where it flopped in the second part of the original one because they'd all separated and been away so they're not going to have the same kind of yeah. banter as, as, long, as long as we don't get that stop start, stop start spider again I think we're all going to be safe I, I hope we do get a kiss me fat boy I loved Andrew Smichetti's movement when it was practical yeah, it was, um, yeah, the bit when he was three D Pennywise that freaked me oh, out. Also the projection. Yeah, I thought that was really 3D. freaky. No, it was good. I, I, like th- I think, like I said, I don't think the film is 
scary in the slightest. I think it's a fun horror film. That's right, class as a fun horror film. You know, it's it's great watching, you know, the kids you know, being coming out of school, you know, uniting as a group to tackle this monster, you know. You know, we go down we go down at the park and have a game of football or something, you know, but you're watching these kids unite to fight a monster. I'd class her as a I wouldn't say it's a comedy horror, I'd just class her as a fun horror film. I'd put it in the same ballpark as Poltergeist. It's definitely on the cusp of that, like it's got really horrifying elements, but it's definitely got that that more light heartedness dynamic you know? I think we look at it a different way to other people I mean like you look at Poltergeist it's got that horrific mirror scene but you'd never like say it's like a full blown horror film because it's so much inspired by Spielberg it's, 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 it's horror. I would still class it as a horror film though. Poltergeist yeah I think it's. I mean, for when a, if we're gonna watch a horror film, obviously I wouldn't pick Poltergeist, but it is a horror film. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you would you say you're, you're classing it as a horror, like a full full on horror film? Yeah. Well, not a full on yeah. horror film. I just class it as a fun horror film. I just felt it horror did adventure. have. It yeah. had, it, well, it's got source material that has to adhere to, doesn't it? And yeah. it does have people who love the first one, so we had to take the snippets out of that one. So it's just it's just executed a lot better oh, the most Stephen King film of the Stephen yeah, King films true. I agree um, I think it tackled a lot of the because there is a lot of tricky elements in that book to sort of get across cinematically yeah. um, particularly with you know the deadlights and the we all float um, that I think it handled really well um, where are you sort of ranking this in the the Stephen King Filmographies. I think it's got to hit, hit the top five at least. Definitely. I don't know, because I'm a bit I'm a bit torn between. I've I've got a fondness for Salem's Lot. I hope that doesn't get redone. I think it will, won't it? It will. hundred percent. I think it's redone. certainly better than the likes of Thinner and stuff like that. A hell of a lot better than thinner and stuff so I think it's just got a rank in the top five I'm not really a fan of actual taken from Stephen King books films it's either have the books or because mm-hmm. the films aren't haven't been very good because like you can see it's the main directors who took his yeah. books and made it their own uh, it's the best Stephen King film yeah it's the most yeah. Stephen King film yeah. but it's the best one of a Stephen King film yeah. Second to Salem's Lot. But no, if I probably watch Salem's Lot now, I'll go, oh, I want to watch it now. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's a pretty cruel question you're asking me. I'd go and watch this again. Yeah. Not 100%. Sweet. Well, uh, out of five stars then. I'm giving it a four star film. Yes, four I'm stars. also giving it a four stars. Four from me as well. Why are we all doing accents like this? Why you do this to me? Why you cry? Right, okay. Second film of the week then is uh, Death Note again, based on literature, um, and also a very popular manga series, uh, directed by Adam Wingard. Who done your next and uh, most recently Blair Witch 20, 2016, which yeah. we actually saw a year ago to this day. Wow. Um, it is concerning a high school student named Light Turner 
who discovers a mysterious notebook that has the power to kill anyone whose name is written within its pages and launches a secret crusade to rid the world of criminals uh, as I mentioned before based on a very very critically acclaimed and popular manga series um, has been getting quite the lashing from the critics do we think the same? we'll find out after this clip you think I'm some dog light? You can just snap your fingers and I'll come running? Did you kill those FBI agents? What do you think? I decide who dies, you obey me. Those are the rules. And who do you think wrote the rules? Whose side are you on? There are no sides, only the game. And I knew eventually you wouldn't be able to handle playing. I asked politely, but you didn't hear me. Let the note go. Look at the strife it's causing you and your little girlfriend. Let me find it a new home. We'll be free of each other. I'm not going to give the note to you or anybody else, and if you fuck with me again, I'm going to put your name in it. <laughs> you could try, <laughs> but I warn you, there are four letters in my name. Most anyone's ever gotten were two. Okay, so that was a clip to Adam Wingard's Death Note. Um... A film that I was apprehensive but looking forward to see. Uh, you know, uh, earlier on in the year, me and Beth both plowed through the manga series. Uh, Cox, you believe you haven't seen it? Nope. So, as someone who hasn't seen the series and yeah. knows very little about the source material, what did you think of Death Note? Uh, this film lost me after 20 minutes. Really did. Um, I was actually... I, I was enjoying it, you know, when you were when you first see Ryuk, that's how you pronounce it, when I'm the four, I was in yeah, Ryuk, yeah. I was really enjoying it, but once, like, he, he gets together with the, the, the female player rolling and stuff like that, and he starts, it just starts, sort of, like, you know, with all this, like, fast-paced, like, you know, like, like, like a um, montage stuff all together, it just lost me. And I, I really, really, like, want to go, want to go and watch the animated series now, because I've heard so much about it. But I've been reading tweets and reading reviews saying like they've missed so much out and they've, they've, they've sort of can't, Adam Wingard's kind of missed the point of what Death Note is actually all about. It's sort of like like insulting to the actual original series. For me, it just lost me after twenty minutes. I, I had no genuine interest in this film whatsoever, and it is just another another example of Adam Wingard's decline. And I believe isn't he doing the next Godzilla film? Yeah. King Kong vs. Godzilla. Is he doing that? You know, you know what? This guy must have some pull in Hollywood. You know, after the, you know the Blair Witch and then you know, flopped and Death Note is obviously getting a lot of critical hate from fans and stuff. He must be doing something right with the executives to get a such a huge film as Kong vs. Godzilla. Um, God, it, it was pretty bad, but I don't know how this could have worked really because it's there's such like a battle of wits in the first one between late light and l um because there's lots of interior monologues and stuff that you get with these manga series but obviously it couldn't be put in this film so i forgive it for that or not forgive it for light being this crier baby wuss and the see the girl I, I can see why they did it because if they would have had a female character as the one in the series the 
it would have been really offensive. <laughs> um, but she was awful. The acting was terrible out of both of them. Willem Dafoe, why? He has quite an extraordinary face, which didn't even need makeup for this role. Why did they put plasticine on him? Really bad plasticine. And we hardly saw him. And then when you do see him, you realise why. <laughs> It was pretty it's, bad on but saying this that the series when it was good it was good but when it was bad oh my god <laughs> it went on and on <laughs> so I did have high hopes that they were going to cut out a good chunk of the middle bit of Death Note you could have cut out the bad parts instead of the good parts <laughs> why did they include the bad parts plus as well do you know the bit with the apple do you know right you yeah. eating apples what did you think of that bit because in the series Oh, go on. It kind of reminded me of an old film from like early 1990, 1991. So Mac and me with the little alien who lives in the wardrobe and you throw fruit into him and he throws it back out. Well, the in, on ET, in, I was like, what? Like in the series, it's like a like a like a funny thing. Like he's like almost like a pet dog. Like, but it's so funny because he's just begging for apples. Yeah. And I thought it was like a really good part of it. It was like a good sign with the apple, and even the bits when he was so strategic and how he mm. was hiding the death note in this secret compartment in the drawer and it was triggered by an alarm and he knew where the surveillance blind spots were in his house and light was just so unbelievable overly intelligent as jay has criticized it for being no one can be this intelligent as characters ever but in this film he was just an absolute buffoon <laughs> I feel, I feel like bad on me, like I'm bad on myself now for like watching the movie first rather than going actually watching the original series. Well, it it is a bit of a slog the series because yeah. a lot of it in the middle it does lose itself, and I think a lot of people are forgetting is it, that. Is it like forty odd episodes, isn't it? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, like the, the the as as you mentioned, like Adam Wingard seems to have missed the point that it's like this. You know, we tried to add this almost Final Destination-esque death mm. in, yeah. which, you know, was fine. Uh, and it's nice to see a different spin on it. But it's totally... And I, and I don't mind them trying to put a different spin on it and make it a bit more gory and things like that. But it was like the entire film was hollow and just totally missed what the original story was doing and it was like the the main thing of of the original was like this slow build to where um light um who was then known as kira almost became like this religion and cult Mm -hmm. and this lovely game of cat and mouse between kira and l of the both can see each other but they don't know each other's real names yeah. and there was a real emphasis put on that of trying to find out the real names it was which all was... intuition and stuff wasn't it and they were just it was just it was so intelligent so many like one step ahead and yeah. departed-esque you're mm. this person I think you're that person and the other like, person's this person thinks I knew you person. do that because yeah. then I plan this well I know that you <laughs> think this it's a lot of that going on I mean I know I won't spoil it for anyone but that the scene in the manga series on the train is mm. just one of my favourite yeah it's just absolutely jaw dropping on the way that's sort of orchestrated and, and conducted and it just seems to have none of that slickness and intelligence behind it it seems to be edge core you know, for like the 
maybe I'm just too old for it now, but maybe you know, like I would have loved it when I was fifteen shopping in Hot Topic, um, Edgecore, sort of these really purposely picked cinematography and songs to like this, you know, um, fight song by Marilyn Manson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the music video when it's the goth cheerleaders, like, yeah, yeah. and they've all got like the ripped uh, skirts and the black lipstick. It's almost like they've took that and gone, let's make that this high school. It's like nothing's actually like that. Like, it's so like edgy and just. It, it, I, I can see like a goth couple, like, at 16 years of age sitting there, like, yeah, I just want to kill everyone, man. It's like the greatest thing ever. I yeah. agree with that. I think it was definitely aimed at a younger audience. You know, that's, I think that's what it is. We are just too old for it now. Well, I, hope, I hope with the awful reviews that I've been getting that people have been going to the primary source. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> stars. Um, <laughs> I will give it two because I did what? enjoy some of the death sequences. You know, the Final Destination esque, as you put it. Yeah. Because we did say te- I did text you straight away, didn't I? Say like Final Destination there. Yeah. But I will give it two stars just for like that kind of creativity behind that. Um. Uh, I'll give it a one star because of the first death. Um, one point five, just because I can't remember anything that I liked, but at the same time, it's not like offensive. It didn't offend me enough to make it one star. Mm-hmm. Um, but that does put Adam Wingard, um, getting around a one star rating for the last two of his films from me, which. It's which unfortunate. Was, it was a shame because, like we, we said earlier on, he had so much potential. Okay, so we'll be right back with what we watched. Welcome back. So, what we watched. What did we watch? I managed to watch quite a lot this week, actually. Um, As I said, I've been trying to catch up with some films that I missed over the summer. Um, And I also went and re-watched Baywatch and Alien Covenant. Um, My opinion on them hasn't really changed. If you want to know my deeper thoughts on that, just go back and listen to those episodes. Um, Baywatch is awful put not as bad as Transformers mm-hmm. uh, and Alien Covenant uh, just when the second fa- it's a perfectly fine average sci-fi horror until the second fast comes in mm-hmm. in which piece, in which they, it just goes Phantom of the Opera cheese I've been upgraded <laughs> there have been a few upgrades that was, that was amazing that <laughs> there's been a few upgrades sleep well don't let the bed bugs bite <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was brilliant. And why does a robot have hair that grows? I don't understand. There have been a few upgrades. No, he was the old one. That was David. He was David, wasn't he, from uh, Prometheus? He just took his hood off and he had so like, an awful long wig. What the long hair on? Bon Jovi yeah. thing going on. Um, I watched The Big Sick. Um a movie produced by Judd Apatow um, and a movie that was very very much uh, a Judd Apatow film you know everyone spoke like they were in a Judd Apatow film um, how was that? you know it's like um, you know how I know you're gay 
Like, like my Jonah Hill before. Yeah. They're like Coldplay. Yeah, Judd Apatow who done like Knocked Up and Superbad, 40 year old virgin. Yeah. I thought that was Seth Rogen. Yeah. Yeah. He was in the movie. He, I think he co-produced yeah. but they're all Apatow films. Um, yeah, that's like the biggest gripe, you know, everyone talks like Judd Apatow. Yeah. Like, a lot of people have the beef with Tarantino saying everyone in the Tarantino film talks like a Tarantino. Talks like Tarantino. But at least that stands out. And like, it's cool. timeless and it's cool. This you know, is really dating these films. Yeah, like everyone talks like Judd Apatow. Um, so basically, it's about a uh, Pakistani born uh, comedian by the name of Kamal um, who falls in love with a grad student by the name of Emily. Um, but their two cultures clash. Obviously, Camilla's family is trying to get him to, uh, you know, arrange a marriage for him. Um, and then Emily um, comes down with an illness and is put in a medically induced coma for many, many months. And Kamal, um, it's almost a, a, a love film where Kamal's main relationship is with the girl's parents instead of the girl herself. Um, and then, you know, we go through the... the he, he, he's very much um, not within his family traditions. You know, he doesn't pray. Um, he drinks and he wants to be a comedian they wanted to be a lawyer um, and it's about you know how he sort of battles against that as well as getting on with his parents played by Ray Romano who I hate but actually really liked in this I film mind him. and Holly Hunter who I is like cool um, so like the drama elements and like the feel good elements were nice it was just the comedy yeah Do you, that just reminds me I don't know if you've ever seen it, but there's a film on... Well, it's not on. There's a film called Sandra... There's a film with Sandra Bullock in it. And it's something weird, something happens at the beginning. Like, she's... um, She meets this guy at, like, a train station or something, or or the car crashes, and then he's in a coma, and she wants to see if he's okay. While you were sleeping. That was it! What the hell? And she goes in, and she she has to get in. She has to say his fiancé, and then all the family turn up, and she tells... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the fiance and then she <laughs> what is that a funny film or is it a it's like a, rom- it's a rom-com isn't it yeah it's a rom-com. that's really creepy and then can we watch it later <laughs> I've got the bling weird... ring recorded well you can watch that on your own <laughs> I've seen that alright okay well you've seen while you were sleeping I haven't because I can't remember I don't like Sandra Bullock <laughs> I'm sorry I'm sorry, but everyone likes Sandra Bullock. And I don't like Bill Pullman either. <gasps> I haven't watched Bill Pullman since Casper. I thought that's I like Bill Pullman but, in Independence Day yeah, Tomorrow. Yeah. It's because it's But the everyone likes Bill Pullman and Sandra Bullock. They're like little American sweethearts. Disagree. <laughs> but yeah. What? Uh, the big sick. The big sick. Um. While you were sicking. Well, she was sick, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really need to write a review now and use that. Um, it was, it was definitely it. give it up, give it a watch. Yeah, yeah. I uh, started the week with a couple of Stuart Gordon films. You know, Reanimator, Castle Freak. Really think these these. I don't think Reanimator. You always watch Reanimator. <laughs> what we watch every time you say Reanimator. Go back. My left some- foot. 
Have you got like free videos or something? <laughs> or you just keep watching Reanimator. No, Reanimator uh, and the Blob. Right, I, I think a uh, Castle Freak. It's you know, it, it's it's this film's like so poorly made, and you you can tell like the low budget that they have. But it's a, I think it's a really really good storyline, you know, and it, it it could like do the makeover and a remake. But I don't think in this day and age, you know, anybody any. Top company would actually take a risk on it. Tell that to flatliners. <laughs> yeah, oh true. Oh god, that trailer. Well, yeah, I've got like Castle Freaking um, Reanimator. You can go back and just chill, chill out and kick back and just watch them really cool, cheesy horror films. Um, speaking of which, we all watched American Horror Story Cult's first episode. Are we right? Yes. What did everyone think? God, my word. Um, I've I've despised this series from season one. Uh, but <laughs> season one was great. It was so edge core, oh. and I was an edgy. What's doc. all this core stuff uh, today? Uh, for me, Sarah Pol- Sarah Paulson was just really annoying me from the get go <laughs> in this movie, and in particular, this was a TV series, mate. I know. You uh, said movie. Oh, sorry. Yeah, TV series. Okay. Are you Epi- picking on Cox today? It's my job. So this is only this is only episode one. Okay. Now, um. I'm trying. I'm trying to say. I don't want to talk about why I didn't like. I'm trying to find something I did like about it. I liked, you know, the the shots in the supermarket. You know, when she goes in the supermarket and the guy's like pro Trump and stuff, and then she's walking down. I like the long shots when she's walking along like the back of the supermarkets and stuff, and it just goes absolutely silly with these ridiculous clowns having sex over the fruit and. <laughs> I, 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 I just don't get. I don't, I don't get the series at all anymore. Well, I normally hate it, but I thought this was a really solid episode. I really enjoyed it. I also have that triophobia thing. With the holes? No, don't. Yeah. Yeah. Even this microphone is starting to freak me out a little bit and notice in it. (laughs) It really... Does it it make you a bit sick? It makes me itch. Yeah. Everything makes you itch. No, I remember... You've got some sort of issue. I think I might just have nits or something. (laughs) No, I remember coming across that, like, uh, guy's foot online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, God, that's horrible. Well, I I read up on it. Do you know what it is? Because me and James have this argument about it and I was just like, well, people stop saying they're scared of clowns because no one's scared of clowns. And you're like, well, you're scared of those holes. But no, there is a reason for why people have this phobia. It's because um, when we were wild animals, well, you you know, um, it's like poison getting into your skin. So it's uh, that like old, like it's quite a primitive thing mm-hmm. like that you get uh, that it's poison. So that's where mm, it stems no. from. Ooh. So we are animals at the end of the day, really, aren't we? So that's where that stands on. So there is an okay. actual reason why, and that's why a lot of it tends to be more females are scared of spiders and bugs mm-hmm. and stuff because they're trying to protect their young. Oh, right. okay. So a bit of education for today. <laughs> but I, yeah, I thought this was. A, I thought it was tongue in cheek. Where in the right places, I thought. I thought Sarah Paulson was perfectly over the top, but it was fine. Yeah. Um. I don't think it took itself too seriously as it normally does, or it wasn't too silly where it just borders on ridiculous. I thought it um it encapsulated the whole fear mongering with the media and what mm-hmm. partic- what is going on with regards to the election and stuff. I thought it was pretty solid. 
but it is American Horror Story, so I do normally like the first episode of each series, and then it goes downhill pretty quickly. It's really well known for so, doing that, isn't it? Yeah, and I was even thinking of all, oh, look at these motifs, oh, that's representing that, and then I was thinking, I'm giving this far too much credit before, <laughs> which I have done. I kind of like applaud American Horror Story for not giving a single damn on what it does it just does whatever the hell it wants whenever it wants it's like it it literally has got no bound for conventional storytelling whatsoever as it it, it just it I, it just doesn't care like and I kind of gotta like take my hat off for it for that Um, I like the way it took the to you know sort of uh, took the mick out of the extreme left and the extreme right um, and in saying that I think the main bulk of the story for American Horror Story is quite phoned in and it almost just came off as like a, a drama in some mm-hmm. capacity of like this woman with a phobia who gets like triggered um, by like the society that she's now living in and can't handle it and it, had, it was quite interesting in that respect and then like you know the, the clown murders were sort of uh, effective in a, a horrific manner as well like the stabbings and things mm-hmm. were yeah, quite Manson yeah. reminiscent um, and quite um, you know, it's, I was quite taken aback by some of the deaths. Um, but as you pointed out, it is American Horror Story, so I'm expecting it to go totally off the rails and just going off on its own little adventure for about eight mm. episodes very, mm-hmm. very soon before trying to pull it all back. Um, and the only series I've ever finished from start to finish was series one. But it does kind of give me that nice feeling because it's always the first thing when it's leading up to Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I first watched it and it was like raining outside and I was watching it on my own and it was dull out and all that, I was like, oh, it's Halloween scene. And it got me like that nice feeling. Uh, what I don't respect about the series that it has done quite a lot is that it always seems to come out a week before a big cinematic release mm. knowing and playing on that like Coven came out around you know Conjuring. The Conjuring and um, this came out obviously out the week of it mm. and it knew like it's been in development for how yeah. long like it knew and the whole clown craze as well um, so it does kind of take off that which is stealing thunder a little bit which I don't really respect Mm-hmm. I I hate how meta it was, Joe. I hate all this talk of does this. Oh, I'm triggered. This triggers me. I hate this term. I think it's the most middle class thing Western term I have ever heard. But it was but, ripping that. But as I was saying though, I d- I don't even. I think it was just purposely trying to irritate people like you. Yeah, 100%. had to keep warning me when the the holes were coming up because it wasn't pleasurable to watch and if you do have this fear of clowns it's not you just it's just going to irritate you so mm-hmm. from that perspective it was just 
oh, it's just a bit naughty, isn't it? It was kind of South Park-esque in a way. It was like just trying to offend everyone it could. Yeah, yeah it was just like, like it was like bloody nail on the chalkboard. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, does this trigger you? Does this trigger you? Yeah. <laughs> Triggered. And I hate the way they even, well, I know what it was doing, but I don't want to give it too much credit again because it is American <laughs> Horror Story. Well, then you'll big it up and then like, it'll just let yeah. you down the next, next episode. It was, and what's his name? Itchy the Clown? No, that's a different one. Twisty. 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 Well, it was nice to see him again in his best form, but we we know that he turned rubbish because American Horror Story. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, so should we... I've got one more film that oh, I've seen. Oh, what else have you been watching? Detroit. Show. What? Detroit. What? Detroit, baby. Never do that again. <laughs> Uh, me and Coxie went to the cinema to see Catherine Bigelow's Detroit another film I wanted to catch up on uh, starring John Boyega Anthony Mackie uh, Will Poulter um, set on the the true story um, of the 1967 uh, Detroit Rebellion um, so the city's under curfew and the Michigan uh, Michigan sorry National Guard um, sort of coming in and trying to take back control of the streets um, and at the I can't remember the name of the hotel now what was the hotel? The Angiers The Angiers Hotel uh, where three African American men were murdered um, allegedly by the police uh, I do say allegedly because at the end of the movie it does say that you know these were never proven beyond all matter of doubt so I don't want to get sued Um a very very hard hitting movie with um a nice setting middle act um really sets the scene uh, sorry uh, first act really sets the scene well the third scene I felt dragged slightly uh, but the second act which is rare for, for most movies was by far the strongest and definitely the the centre point and the focal point mm. of the film with a really really hard drawn out watch uh, with sort of tangible dread I mean it was like it was so unpleasant at times to watch there was so much you know hatred on screen wasn't it you know what I mean like, I mean, I know you said that you thought Will Poulter at times was overacting and I had no problems with his performance I thought everybody on screen gave solid performances and but for me it, it was I mean that's what Catherine Bigelow was intending to do make it unpleasant because that's what it must have been for those people back back then you know to be treated like that so like but what we could understand why not just admit you know why not just admit to, it was a toy gun but you know obviously it, but it, it is it is a horrific film to watch you know I mean it's not for the it's not it is <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a shot day afternoon no film. definitely not but um, you know, Catherine Bigelow sets out to so, tell a story. On. Jay, did you just admit something then? No, I never said nothing. <laughs> I he wanted to watch it last Saturday, but I said no. It'll ruin my Saturday afternoon. <laughs> uh, Catherine Bigelow sets out to tell a story that needs to be told, really, and you know, she she absolutely nails it again. She's a, like a world class director, and you know, she, does it have a show for the Oscar? I don't think it will. No. I don't think it will. I think you know. Although I do, I wouldn't say it was a great film. I think it was a good film. You know, she did. She what's what she said out to do. She has achieved. It is unpleasant. You know, it's horrific. The events what happened. 
Um, I don't think it's. I don't think. I, I, like I said, I didn't have a problem with Bill Poulter's starring role. Nib, you know, I don't think he was actually strong enough to be considered for an Oscar or anything like that. Um, what I will say is John Boyega is great in this film yeah. and I, I said as soon as I come out the cinema he's a future Oscar winner yeah. he's, he's a top class actor and I'm looking forward to seeing him in future projects yeah. cool. okay so that's it we haven't watched anything else have we uh, no. no okay so next we have film of the week um, I'm going to give it to it yeah, yeah uh, it. Um, we do this every week well no I mean like I could put Detroit in there or yeah. the big sick um, you're going to put it I'm putting it over <laughs> the big sick and Detroit uh, definitely yeah. um, I mean Detroit that second act um, was like an Oscar worthy film I just think the third act and the first yeah. act were average Yeah. Um, whereas it had this singular vision and although the heights weren't as lofty as important as Detroit I think I executed it really well agree okay so that is it for this week next week we'll be discussing Darren Aronofsky's mother exclamation point (laughs) but until then don't forget to subscribe and review the podcast follow us on Facebook Twitter and Instagram at jumpscareuk to keep up with other week's news and reviews visit www.jumpscareuk.co you can follow me at Van Helsing Lady on Twitter, Jay at jhunter1990, and Coxie at Dr. Gonzo with five O's. Until then, we'll see catch you next time. Bye Mm. Calm down, pussy. <laughs> <laughs>